Second Samuel, chapter number 16, and uh, we'll look down in verse number 5 this morning. Second Samuel, chapter 16, and verse number 5, if you're there, say, Amen. The Bible said, And when King David came to Baharum, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. He came forth and cursed still as he came. He cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, Come out, come out, thy bloody man, thou and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. Behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Then said Abishai, the son of Zeruah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruah? So let him curse, because the Lord hath said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? David said to Abishai and all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone, let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction, that the Lord will require me good for his cursing this day. And as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves there. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 19 this morning. 2 Samuel 19. Give me some volume, Dee. 2 Samuel 19. Look in verse 16. 2 Samuel 19, verse 16. If you're there, say amen. amen. And Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjamite, which was of Baharum, hasted and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons, and twenty servants with him, and they went over Jordan before the king. There went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household, and to do what he thought good. And Shimei, the son of Gera, fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan, and said unto the king, Let not my lord impute iniquity unto me, Neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord, the king, went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord, the king. But Abishai, the son of Zeruah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this? because he cursed the Lord's anointed. And David said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruah, that you should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there be any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king over Israel? Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou, notice this, thou shalt not die, and the king swear unto him. Now let's go to 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse number 1. To hold your place there, put your marker down in 2 Samuel, we'll go back. But I want to look now in 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. He charged Solomon, his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. 
Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. That the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way to walk before me in truth, with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. Moreover, thou knowest also what Joab, the son of Zeruah, did to me, what he did to the two captains of the host of Israel, unto Abner, the son of Ner, and unto uh, Amas- Amasa, the son of Jether, whom he slew. And shed the blood of war in peace, and put the blood of war upon his girdle. That was about his loins, and in the, his shoes that were on his feet. Do therefore according to thy wisdom, and let not his hoar head go down to the grave in peace. But show kindness unto the sons of Barzillai, the Gilead, the, the, the Gilead, and let them be of those that eat thy table, for they shall, for they came to me when I fled because of Absalom thy brother. And behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjamin of Haruam, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day which I went uh, to Mahanaim. But he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his forehead bring thou down to the grave with blood. So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. I know that's a lot of reading this this morning, but I, I my heart is 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 heavy concerning this thought and this circumstance that we seen King King David in. Just to sum it up real quickly before we pray, uh, Shimei in First Kings, or excuse me, in Second Samuel, uh, chapter sixteen, uh, curses David. Not only does he curse him, he begins to throw stones at him. He's challenging him. He's disrespecting him. In 2 Samuel chapter 19, Shimei comes before David and says, Look, I've sinned. I'm wrong. I need forgiven. I shouldn't have done that. I'm worthy of death, but please forgive me that I don't die. David swears an oath to him in 2 Samuel chapter 19 that he would not die. In 1 Kings chapter number 2, David is on his deathbed. Does everybody see the context, what we've just read? His dying words to his son Solomon before he would take the throne is this. Make sure Shimei dies a bloody death. Now, in in 2 Samuel 16 and 19, David appears that he's allowed this situation to be made right. He puts on and portrays that there's no grudge, there's no ill feelings, there's no harbored illness in his heart towards Shimei who was in the wrong. But yet on his deathbed, guess who David brings up? Shimei. And he does the very thing. He swore an oath to Shimei that he would not do. And he tells Solomon who's soon to take over as king to make sure Shimei goes to the grave in a bloody death. This morning I want to preach a thought. And God, I've been up and, and, and looked at it in half the night. But God's really helped me and I want to help you. And if I could this morning, I want to preach a real practical thought, simple thought, but one the Lord apparently wants to deal with today. And I'd like to preach on this thought. Don't take your grudge to the grave. Don't take your grudge to the grave. Would you pray with me and for me this morning? Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that we've seen, heard, and felt this morning. Now, God, I sure don't want to mess nothing up. 
But God, this is what you put in my heart. So God, I pray this morning that I'd preach in the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost. God, I ask you for help that comes from only from above. Lord, I cannot preach alone, and God, please, I'm asking you, don't make me. Help me, Lord, for a little while this morning to be a help to your people. Speak to our hearts, open up the, uh, the hearts of man, and God, minister to us as only you can. We'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And all the Lord's people said, amen and amen. Don't take your grudge to the grave. If I could this morning, by way of introduction, again, I want to reiterate what is going on. It's here that upon reading these three portions of Scripture that we find a man by the name of Shimei. Bible lets us know that Shimei has in fact done David wrong. He has uh, no doubt disrespected and dishonored him. He has no doubt sown discord, if you will, between he and David. But uh, may I say there's no doubt David is already uh, struggling during this time in his life. If you are a Bible reader, you understand that during this exact time when Shimei rears his head, Absalom is in the process of stealing the kingship from his own father. We also know during this time that Ahithophel, the wise counselor, the best friend, the right hand man of David has turned his back on David, has backbited David, has backstabbed David and turned on him a man whom David trusted with all his secrets and all the thoughts and intents of his heart. There's no doubt that David's already in a bad situation and then on top of David it's bad situation comes Shimei, a descendant and a follower of Saul, the one who hated David, the one who was jealous of David. And no doubt that bitterness from Saul had trickled down the line to Shimei. I'd say most likely that Shimei and David had never really had any kind of altercation. They probably never sat at odds with one another. But here Shimei rises up against David at the worst possible time in David's life. If that was not enough that David's counselor Ahithophel would betray him and his son would rebel and oppose him and try to kiss the hand of the Israelites and steal away their heart. Now Shimei has risen to the scene and has done David a way that no man can ever do a king and get by with it. Shimei has absolutely done David wrong. Let me ask you a question. Has anybody here ever been done wrong? Y'all realize you can say amen this morning. If ain't nobody here done wrong, I'm just going to close my Bible and go to the house. That's what I'm preaching on. So if it don't apply to you, we might as well just quit and go eat. Has anybody here ever been done wrong? Has anybody here ever been stabbed in the back by someone you love? Has anybody ever had an enemy say and do that? This, this whole mentality of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is a lie. Words hurt, friend. I, I'm just here to tell you there's things that I have said that has hurt people. There's things that have been said that has hurt me. Words hurt. Actions hurt. I mean, the whole situation is hurtful and harmful to King David. Nonetheless, we find David here is faced with this yet again another problem and another person. By the way, problems come through people. Can I get a witness? I understand there's storms of life and we, we, we vow, uh, we, we battle with situations, but listen to me. Most of our problems are people problems. Somebody said something they ought not have said. Somebody's acted a way they ought not have acted. Somebody's portrayed themselves in a manner that was hurtful and harmful. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And here's what will happen. If you're not careful, you'll act like you have dealt with it. You'll act like you're forgiving them. You'll act like it's gone. But really, deep down in your heart, you are holding a grudge uh, towards someone or something. Now you might as well get honest this morning. 
Can I say there's no question here. Shimei has, pur- has purposely disrespected, disregarded, and dishonored the king of Israel. He has done so not only in front of his men, but in front of David's men. Don't that make things worse? When somebody treats you bad in front of people that look to you as authority. Can I get a witness? When somebody, I mean, maybe you're the boss at work and one of the one of the workers comes in and just lets you have it in front of all the other employees. You are required to do something. Because if you don't handle that disgruntled employee and they all them other employees see that they dishonored and disrespected and disregarded you, then boy, you've had the lick in the days to come. Can I get a witness? And so here David is. He needs to handle this situation. And really, Shimei deserved death. David could have done that, but David makes him a promise. The Bible said in 1 Kings, or excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter 19, David swore that he would not be put to death. But here we find ourselves in 1 Kings when he's laying on his deathbed telling Solomon to carry out really what he's wanted to do the entire time. I mean, listen, I know y'all probably want to shout, David, I can't help that. I'm just here to tell you what God's put in my heart. So you need to listen and you need to participate. You don't need to zone out because God's got a word for you today. Don't take your grudges to the grave. Can I say, Shimei approaches David in 2 Samuel 19. He apologizes. He acknowledges his wrongs. And he asks David for forgiveness. And King David goes as far to swear to him that all is okay. Uh, But may I say, at the surface, uh, things look to be fine. Uh, It appears that David has, quote, unquote, let it go. And he's offered forgiveness to Shimei. All seems to be well. But in 1 Kings chapter 2, on his death, His last dying words. Can you imagine the last words of King David the father to his son is words of a pure out bitter heart that David has been holding on to for all these years. He's took a grudge to his grave. Can I say this morning out of all things King David could have said to his son Solomon before he died. These were his words in verse 9. Now therefore hold him not guiltless. Thou art a wise man and knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him. But his hoar head bring thou down to the grave with blood. Listen, if this don't define a grudge this morning, I don't know what will. My friend, all these years have gone by and David has made it seem like he's forgiven and forgot about what Shimei done that day in 2nd but may I say according to what we just read David in fact took a grudge to the grave with him hear me this morning hear me well there's people sitting here right now that claim to have forgiven and forgotten about some things that people have said or done to you over the years but deep down in your heart the flame of bitterness is still burning and despite what you say listen that thing still gnaws at you and it eats at you and it bothers you because in reality you're still holding on to a grudge. Now we might as well just get honest. There's folks in here this morning that hold a grudge in your heart towards somebody or something. Can I say holding grudges deep down in your heart will absolutely keep you from living your life with joy and peace. Leviticus 19.18 said, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. I am the Lord. James 5.9 said, Grudge not one against another. Brethren, lest you be condemned, behold the judge stand before the door. May I say holding grudges and allowing bitterness to abide in your heart will not only grieve and trouble you, according to Hebrews 12.15, which says this, Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, 
But may I say holding grudges uh, and allowing bitterness to abide in your heart also grieves God. According to Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 30, the Bible said, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You will hinder and hurt yourself, but you hinder and hurt God Almighty when you harbor grudges in your heart. I've come to tell you this morning, it's time to rid your heart of grudges and bitterness. Can I say this morning unto God, don't take that grudge to the grave. Can I say this? If a man like David who was an anointed shepherd boy, a giant killer, God's songwriter, a heavenly heart player, a man after God's own heart, the one whose throne God will use and sit on in the thousand year millennial reign, if that kind of man can have issues with a grudge, I dare say that many of the lukewarm Laodicea and last days, Christians can have the same problem and most of us do. Are you listening? This morning you say, oh, it ain't a big deal. Nobody knows about it but me. Wrong. God knows about it. And if God's grieved, my friend, you're not only hindering you, you're hindering us. It's time to let go of some things. I preached all week long in a church, and you know what they're dealing with? Ill feelings, bitterness, opposition. Somebody said this about me, somebody said that about the preacher. You know what to kill a church quicker than anything? Grudges and gossip. I, I hope you. I hope you're okay. I'm. I'm so glad to see everybody this morning. But this is what God had for us. Can I say this morning, holding a grudge against somebody, no matter how wrong, wicked, or worthless they may have been to you, does not hurt or hinder them, but it kills you. Did you know you being bitter towards so and so ain't bothering so and so? It's eating you up and they're living their life however they want to live it. And I say, ain't somebody glad this morning that God don't hold grudges? I need a little help right there. Ain't somebody glad the Lord don't hold grudges? Ain't somebody glad that when God forgives, He forgives it all and chooses to remember it no more? My friend, we need to be more like the Lord in all aspects of our lives. Uh, at this morning, I want to focus on this one area uh, in which we've all been tempted with, and that is holding on uh, to bitterness and harboring a grudge. Uh, I've come to tell you this morning, do not take your grudge to the grave. First of all, this morning, I want to point a few things out. I want you to see the reason behind the grudge. In 2 Samuel chapter 16, in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 5, we may not read it all for sake of time, but I want you to see the reason. 2 Samuel 16, verse 5, And when King David came to Baharum, Behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, son of Gary, came forth and cursed still as he came. He cast stones at David and all the servants of King David and all the people, all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou man of Belial, the Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul and whose stead thou hast reigned. Everybody see Shimei's problem? He's coming out cursing and throwing rocks at David because Saul was his hero and all the men that were slain have by the hand of David under the orders of God concerning King Saul. He's mad. And then he goes as far to say, Shimei says, you're reigning in Saul's stead. In other words, Saul's the one that ought to be on the throne. Listen to me. You know what just happened? Shimei, in one, one instance, one conversation, insults David. He questions his authority. He questions God's will for his life. He questions the anointing that God put on him as a lad of a shepherd boy. 
boy. He puts all that in doubt and question. And he throws rocks. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Most of the time when people attack you, it's because they're bitter about something. And they're just going off what they see or what they've heard. But everything David had done up to this point was orchestrated by the Lord. David was not at fault for the blood that was shed by the hands of Saul. David was not at fault for those enemies that God ordered him to overthrow and overcome. David up to this point, as far as we can see, has done everything right. But Shimei begins to talk about David and insult him and throw rocks and accuse him and and, and disrespect him and say, you ought not even be doing what you're doing. And David takes it to heart. What is the reason behind the grudge? We find one quote-unquote argument in the Bible between Shimei and King David. One. Are you listening? One time we find Shimei challenges and insults the king of Israel. Isn't it amazing that this one incident stays with David for the rest of his life? How many times has somebody said or done something to hurt or harm you? One time. Just one incident. But still to this day, you can't look at them without that flame of bitterness burning bright in your heart. You see the reason? Maybe it's not somebody out there. You know you can hold grudges in your own home. I need a little help. Your husband may have done you wrong. And you, you, you say you've forgiven him, but you bring it up all the time. Your wife, you say she done your own, said something she shouldn't have done, something she shouldn't have. And you say you forgive and you've overcome, you're still together. But every time that you get a little bit in a tizzy, that first thing comes out of your mouth, what they've done that you supposedly forgiven. Listen, that's not how God forgives. When God forgives, it's gone. He don't bring it up. You say, I'm not God. I know you're not. But I want you to realize that you've got a grudge that you're holding on to. And the reason for the grudge is very very minor compared to the longevity of life that David holds on to this grudge. In other words, it ain't worth it. Are you listening? It's really not worth it this morning. Some of you are sitting here today and it was just one disagreement, one disappointment, one dispute. Here you are 25 years later, you still talk about it, you're still worried about it, you're still mad about it. Listen, I get that things hurt. I understand words hurt. I understand that people can really cause pain and problems in our life. But hear me this morning. Write this down. Write it down if you take notes. The reason behind the grudge is never big enough or worth enough for the results that are birthed from the grudge. The reason is never worth the results of a grudge because you're the one going to suffer if you're holding on to grudges this morning. In other words, by holding on to that thing, whatever it may be, and holding a grudge because of it, you end up doing more damage to yourself than the original problem done to you. Are you listening this morning? I was told this week I preach talk too fast. So I'm going to make sure you hear me. You'll do more damage to yourself by holding on to a grudge than the original issue will do to you. You will cause more harm than they caused you by not letting it go. Can I say this? A few things the Lord give me. And I ain't Dr. Seuss, but here's a few quotes. Holding a grudge is like holding a weight. The longer you hold it, the heavier it gets. Can I tell you, the weight of the weight never changes. But it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. Because your ability to maintain and uphold that weight or that burden, you become weaker. It's not that the problem gets bigger, but you get weaker in trying to bear the problem. Listen, you say, what am I supposed to do with it? First Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Give it to God. Quit trying to hold on to whatever that weight is, because the longer you hold it, 
the heavier it gets. And the heavier it gets, the weaker you become. And the weaker you become, the less valuable you become. We need some people that to let those weights which so easily beset us, we need to cast them off and rid ourselves of grudges and bitterness this morning. Secondly, I want you to see not only the reason behind the grudge, but I want you to see the reaction because of the grudge. The reaction because of the grudge. Go back over to 2 Samuel 19. 2 Samuel 19, look at verse 16. Actually, let's just jump on down to where we need to be. Verse 19, 2 Samuel 19, 19, this is Shimei. The Bible said, and uh, he said unto the king, Let not my Lord impute iniquity upon, unto me, neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my Lord the king went out of Jerusalem, that the king should take it to his heart. This is Shimei. He said, Man, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please don't hold on to it. Don't take it to heart. Has anybody ever said that or have you ever said that? Shouldn't have said that or didn't mean it. Please don't take it personal. Don't take it to heart. Verse 20, he, uh, Shimei is acknowledging this. He says, For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first this day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zeru, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this because he cursed the Lord's anointed? David said, What have I to do with thee, you sons of Zeruah, that you should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king? King over Israel. Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. And the king swear unto him. But what did we read in 1 Kings chapter number 2? At the very last thing that David says before he crosses over in verse number 19. He's speaking to Solomon in verse number 9. And David says, Therefore hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what thou oughtest do unto him. But his head bring thou down to the grave with blood and then you see this so David slept with his fathers according to our Bible the last words out of the heart of the psalmist of Israel is bring down that hoary headed Shimei take him to the grave in a bloodbath and he dies and leaves his son Solomon that's his last words do you see the reaction because of the grudge in 2 Samuel 19 we've seen that uh, what he said I not. I swear to you I ain't going to kill you all's good in verse, in, even in verse number 8 of 1 Kings he remembers the oath that he made look in verse 8 of 1 Kings chapter 2 verse number 8 I know you're going you, you, to have to stay with me a little bit but he says this in 1 Kings 2 8 behold thou hast with thee Shimei the son of Gera the Benjamite of Berharim which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I went to Mahanim but, but he came down to meet me at Jordan I swear to him by the Lord saying I will not put thee to death with the sword. David remembers the promise he made to Shimei but David disregards his own word. Now if a king had one thing that he would st- he would stand on and people would take into account it was his word. Can I say this morning uh, my friend that grudges produce number one in the reaction vain words. When you harbor a grudge you will say things you don't mean. You will act ways that you really don't feel. Uh, David says a lot of words that look good. They look spiritual. They look like he's taken the high road. It looks like David's the better man. But they're vain. They're empty. They're void of passion. They're void of truth. David speaks to make it look like he's got it all together. But they're vain words. The reaction because of the grudge. We see vain words. But then secondly, we see vengeful words. He promised no revenge to Shimei. Y'all listening? But what's he do? He seeks revenge. How many of y'all told somebody, I promise it's all okay? In the back of your mind, in the back of your heart, you're still not over it. You're holding a grudge. And therefore your words are vain and they're vengeful. That is a word, by the way. Which means to seek revenge. David, contrary to what he said, 
is seeking revenge on Shimei over one incident that he's supposedly forgiven and forgotten about. Can I say this? Can you imagine how Solomon must have felt? How would you feel? Your parent is laying on their deathbed. And instead of David's words being words of counsel or comfort or something of that nature, David's words are vengeful words that have followed vain promises. I hope you're, I hope you're getting this this morning. Grudges will make you do some crazy things. You know what that tells me? He was more focused on this one incident between he and Shimei than he was the entire remainder of Solomon's life. And he covers it up with this. You're a wise man. And he was. But I bet you Solomon would like to hear this. Son, I'm fixing to cross over. I love you. But he didn't say that. He said, son, you're fixing to have the power to do what I've been wanting to do. Take Shimei's whore head to the bloody grave. Boy, ain't that deep? Yeah. I mean, ain't that just something else? That not bothering you, it bothered me when I thought about it. Yeah. We're talking about the, the, the sweet psalmist. Okay? The shepherd boy, the heart player, the man after God's own heart, the king of Israel. I mean, out of all the things David could have said as his last words, he says, Shimei, done me wrong back there. I made a promise I wouldn't kill him, but I want you to. He never let it go. There was no grace in his, good, in his goodbye. The grudge robbed both David and Solomon of a peaceful departure. Don't take your grudge to the grave. Thirdly this morning, I'm hurrying along. I want you to see the redirection brought by the, by the grudge. In verse number 9, look with me, 1 Kings 2, verse 9. David's talking to Solomon right before he dies. He says, Now therefore hold him not guiltless. Thou art a wise man, knowest what thou oughtest to do unto him, but his whore head bring thou down to the grave with blood. I want you to see the redirection brought by the grudge. What do you mean? David's time is up. Listen to me, pick this up. He's come to the end of life. He has carried his grudge all the way to his grave. Now you know what he does? He takes his bitterness and lays it on his boy. Question, how many of y'all are holding grudges against people that's never done a thing to you, but they've done something to somebody you love? Isn't that senseless? There's people that hate my guts and they've never even had a conversation with me, but because their father or their mother hates my guts, their bitterness has now been laid on their offspring. Hello? What's, what's that? What's that? Uh, them two families feuding in Gatlinburg. Ain't that life? Ain't that real life? Half them boys don't even know and would have never known nothing about the other side. But because their granddaddy, granddaddy's granddaddy, had a falling out over a piece of corn or some moonshine, now all of a sudden there's a real life Hatfield and McCoy, and we're living in it in the church. It's a shame that there's born again Christians that hate one another because of something that happened ten generations ago between their fathers or their mothers and that bitterness has been cast off on them. There's been a redirection of the grudge. I want to ask you something this morning. It's already bad enough that David's bitter all the way to his goodbye and he takes his grudge to the grave. But now we see this grudge is, is, is thrown on Solomon. He was so bitter and he was so overtaken by this grudge that his dying words were for his son Solomon to take his bitterness and continue to carry his grudge. And as far as I can tell, Shimei ain't done one blessed thing to Solomon. Yet David's dying wishes are for Solomon to slay Shimei and put him in a bloody grave. 
Let me ask something. How many of y'all are holding on to grudges this morning simply because you were told to? I don't, I don't. I ain't playing politics. I'm not separating myself from somebody because somebody don't like somebody that I like. You know what that is? That's casting the grudge. That's continuing the grudge. That person ain't done nothing to me, but because you've seen something in them you don't like, then all of a sudden I got to pick between you and them. You've lost your mind. I'm not doing that. Preachers are the world's worst for it. I old brother so-and-so back in the day, you just don't know. I know him. You don't know him. Well, but thank the Lord I don't. I don't have to dislike somebody just because you do. And if you've got to break fellowship with me because I fellowship with somebody you don't like, then friend, you're crippled too high for crutches. Double separation. We live in a day of triple separation, quadruple separation. Such and such, such and such, such and such fell out with such and such. And because they did 40 years ago, bless God, I am. And if you're going to be my friend, you got to too. That's a redirection of a grudge. How many of y'all are bitter towards somebody this morning and they've really never done nothing to you personally? How many of y'all see a certain somebody and something swells up in your heart and they have never said one cross word to you? But because somebody you love had an issue with them, now you have an issue with them. Is everybody listening? Boy, it's tighter than a banjo string on a good July afternoon at the Bluegrass Festival. This is just what God put in my heart. So if you don't like it, talk to Him. I know it's solemn and I know it started sweet and we had a good spirit, but God was preparing. You had to crucify your old flesh so you could hear what we've been talking about this morning. Listen to me, I'm telling you, you can like it or lump it, bump it or jump it. There's people in here with grudges. And you're killing yourself by holding on to things. And you're, 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 you're bitter against people that ain't done nothing to you. The redirection of the grudge. How many parents in here this morning? Listen to me, mamas, daddies, mamma and papa and grandpa and uncle and aunt and nanny and whoever you are. How many of y'all said things like this? Now, I'm just going to tell you, we don't like those people. You didn't give them a choice. How many of y'all said things like this? You better watch out for that kid because I know his family. He may not be like his family. Hello? How many of y'all are polar opposite of the people in your family? I'll be honest with you, on both sides, mine's full. You think I'm weird, y'all see my family. Amen. I'm not like them bunch of people. And if you were to identify me through the eyes of the scope of my cousins, oh Lord, we'd be in trouble. Or my uncles, or my aunts, or my great, great, great third cousin on my mom's side, stepbrother married to grandpa's sister. But there's people holding grudges against people because they've been told to. Can I say this? If you've been hurt by somebody, the best thing you can do is never mention it in front of your children. Did you know, and I know this is going to blow your theology out the water, did you know God don't want them to have a grudge towards somebody that hurts you? Did you know that? And He don't want you to have it either. But He don't, he don't want you passing your grudge baton. I'm at the end of my road, Solomon. That old stinking rock shitty guy. Boy, he cussed me out, throwing rocks at me. I'm fixing to die. I can't do much about it now. I've been holding on to it all these years. Go kill him. We're talking about the sweet Psalms, David. He's taken his grudge with Shimei and redirected it to his son Solomon. I firmly believe that there's that parents and even at times those who are in positions of authority take their bitterness and their grudges and they redirect them to others who really have no reason at all even knowing the situation let alone making it a personal problem. 
If someone has done you wrong, you need to, re- you need to redirect that issue. You know where you need to, to redirect it to? The Lord. Not your children. Not your husband or your wife. Not your, not your church family. Not your preacher. Listen, I ain't jumping on your bandwagon. You come to me and say, so-and-so's gutting me. You know what I'm going to say? Bless their heart. They need to get born again. We need to try to figure out a way to renew faith. I mean, we can't just stay in a place of bitterness with people. There's people right now that's hindering the whole entire church because they're holding on to grace. There's people that no doubt I could fellowship with and they could fellowship with me and God would probably do something great. But it won't happen because so-and-so's got a grudge and because they got a grudge. Hello? Yeah. Then all of a sudden, well, i got to choose sides. Yeah, you do. Choose the side of right. Yeah. I need a little help this morning. Choose the side of what would God do. He would forgive and restore and go on. Let go of the thing. I'm a 30-year-old man. There's people hate my guts over things that has happened and some they've assumed happened when I was 18. That is stupid. I don't know how to say it. That is dumb. That is ungodly. That is petty. That is childish. That is immature. That is absolutely the devil is so crafty. But people let him be. I mean, look at the thing and say, you know what? People mess up, say and do things they shouldn't. I've been there. I've done that. Let's go on for the glory of God. But they'd rather take a grudge to the grave. God help us. We have no right to redirect any of our hurt or hard feelings on anybody else. Now I want you to think about this, mom and daddy. If you're not willing to fight against and overcome your bitterness and grudges, one day your children have to try to fight your battle. Think about that. Because it will resurface. You know grudges don't just die. When you hold on to them and there's something not fixed, when you die, it don't die. It continues on and you'll leave your children have to fight the battle you could have fought and won years, years, years ago. Don't take your grudge to the grave. Lastly, I'm done. I want you to see the resolution that buried the grudge. 1 Kings chapter 2, look at verse 36. First Kings 2, 36. The Bible says this, And the king sent and called for Shimei, and said unto him, This is Solomon now, Build thee a house in Jerusalem, dwell there, and go not forth thence any whither. For it shall be that on the day that thou goest out and passest over the brook Kidron, Kidron, thou shalt know for certain that thou shalt surely die. Thy blood shall be upon thine own head. And Shimei said to the king, The saying is good. As my lord the king has said, so will thy servant do. And Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days. What's the resolution that buried the grudge? Solomon did not do what his father told him. What did David tell Solomon? Y'all want to help me a little bit. What did David tell Solomon? Solomon didn't kill him. He gave him an ultimatum. He said, Shemmei, the best thing you can do is get out of here. Go to Jerusalem, build your house, dwell there. Don't come out. I'm making a covenant and a creed today that you stay put in Jerusalem. And when and if you come out, then blood will be required. But it was not because of the grudge. It was because he would be disobeying and breaking the covenant between he and the king of Israel. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to bury the thing. Solomon buries the grudge. It's here that we find the resolution that buried David's grudge. Listen, despite what David had told Solomon to do as the new king of Israel, Solomon ends this whole uh, dispute, this whole disagreement, this grudge between Shimei and his father. He gives Shimei instructions as to what he needed to do to avoid his father's wishes. He could have killed him and nobody would have blinked an eye. He's the king of Israel. Is everybody listening? You realize there's things you can do and get by with? 
but you won't get by with them with God. And ain't no man there would have said a word. He's the king of Israel. But I think God would have had something to say. Now, if you go on to read the rest of the text, Shimei dies. You want to know why? He breaks the covenant. They told him there's some, there's some boys down in Gath and he leaves Jerusalem, goes down to Gath. Word gets back to Solomon. He has to die. But listen to me. He did not die because of the grudge of David. He died by his own will to be disobedient. I've come to tell you today that you want to bury the nonsense. The buck can stop with you. You know what's going to have to do? Some of you are going to have to look at your husband, your wife, your mom, your dad, whoever, and say, look, I hate this situation for you, but I'm not taking your grudge to my grave. He resolves the issue. Some of y'all may be bitter with one another this morning. I don't know. You may be bitter and upset and holding a grudge towards me. I have found out over the years several people do that, and I don't know that they do. I can't tell the time. People stood up. Brother Josh, I need to apologize to church, apologize to you. I've been mad and upset and bitter with you for years. I mean, I can tell you, it's happened more times than I can count. I don't know why. But I say, I'm sorry. I had a man this week approach me and say, he's been mad and bitter at me for a year. Six hours away from here. I don't even know. I've never talked to him. Because of something that was said to him that I said that I didn't say. What you do? Bless the invitation. Convict hearts, whatever needs done. If there's people here this morning need to get right one another, I pray they would. If somebody needs to make a phone call to somebody today, I pray they'd do that. Somebody, Lord, just needs to bring something to you and let go of it. It may not be a person. It may be a problem. It may be something happened to them. Somebody done them wrong or, or God, you know. I don't know. But Lord, whatever it is, it's in the hearts that you're holding on. I pray they wouldn't take to the grave. I pray they'd bury it today at the foot of the cross. Help us, Lord, please, in Jesus' name. Amen.